Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Welcome everybody. So for those who read the messages, um, we are, hey, no shame if you don't, that's fine. Um, we're going to be it's kind of doing like a little summary today, just um, kind of a wrap up of this series of hearing from God. Um, so essentially what I put together here, um, I started typing up my notes for myself and I figured it'd be good for everyone just to kind of have everything all together in the same place so we can just all kind of have it, you know, you can have it as a uh, reference, you can feel free to look back at it at your own time later, um, hold on to it, throw it away, whatever you want with it, um, but this is kind of what we're going to go through a little bit today, just kind of recapping, since we have kind of like a little bit larger of a picture of these different aspects of hearing from God, um, you know, this, this has been since uh, probably... October, November, um, when we finished up with John and we started with hearing from God. Um, so overall, we kind of went from different ways that you might hear from God. We kind of looked at what to do when you don't know what to do. We looked at what's stopping us from hearing from God. We looked at some questions from God. And then the last three Bible studies, we went through Habakkuk, one chapter at a time. So all of this, all in all, is, is kind of, I kind of took the key points from from each week, or at least my my main takeaways and my main key points from each one. You guys might have different ones to add to it. Um, but for anyone who wasn't here, because I know we've had people who's kind of come in partway through the series. Um, and um, so this way you can kind of see like an all extensive summary of what's going on here. Um, so we'll, we'll not necessarily hit every reference that you see on here, but you guys can have this for... For your own reference. But I want to hear from you guys a lot today. Um, I, I don't want to be, I'm not going to be speaking as much today. Um, I kind of want to hear um, what what you heard. Um, this whole thing has been about hearing from God. So hopefully we've been hearing from God or maybe have learned some new ways to, to be able to press into Him and to be able to hear His voice, to... Um, Listen for a spirit, listen for something, um, and hopefully we heard something from God. Um, yeah, so we start off with, well, we'll kind of start at the top, um, just a little recap about how we might hear from God. We looked at, we might hear from him through the word. You know, um, in John it says, uh, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and we looked at like, now, this is this is a throwback to beginning of last year. Like, what is the word? What does that mean? What does the word word mean? And the word word means translating a message. It's how you get a point across. It's how do you relay a message. And that message is Jesus. That message is salvation. That message is he came to save. So we might hear from God through the word. And the word word is um, used in, in the... Uh, Greek or Hebrew um, in that time in two different ways of rhema and logos. Rhema's is kind of like your current situation that's kind of um, you know, Holy Spirit, 
conscience, you know, that, that kind of thing of, of that pressing into you. And the Logos is the, the written word, the spoken word, the communicated word that we have as the Bible. Um, so we have some references there for those things. We also might hear from God by resting in him. And then we also have a still small voice, which we had, um, during that we really looked at that story in 1 Kings. I think we might go to this Matthew, uh, Matthew 6.25. You guys want to turn there a little bit? Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And it's just uh, like three little paragraphs. Anybody want to take that? I got it. Go for it. Nice. Matthew, we'll take Matthew. <laughs> yes. Um, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, or store away in barns, and yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Is, is that is how God's clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire? Will he not much more clothe you, you or you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble. Awesome, thank you. Does anybody need to hear that today? <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know about you guys. But like, that... I, I feel like, you know, like, like sometimes I think it's so easy to be like, you know, I don't know what God's saying, um, or, you know, I haven't heard God speak to me in a long time. But if you're reading the Word, this is a living Word. This isn't just, you're not just reading a book, right? You're not just reading, a, you know, words that have been printed on a page. This is, this is a living Word. This is God speaking through His words, speaking through... His logos, the written word. And so this isn't just text on a page. This is God speaking. And a big part of us hearing from God is looking for God. Here's God. Here's his word. And it's not just, okay, this was Jesus speaking to someone 2,000 years ago. It's, this, is, this is a living and breathing God speaking through his living and breathing word. And it's speaking into us today. So what, is, what does that passage do for anybody? Or what do you hear God saying in it? Or what do you hear him saying to you? Well, the title um, says, Do Not Worry. So I would say there's a lot of things that um, uh, is what's covered here is, is a lot of questions like there's a lot of 
text that have question marks on the end of it, like as you said. Um, what shall we drink? What shall we eat? What shall we wear? So asking all those like who, what, where, why, when questions, and then it, it ends well where it's like don't worry about it. Tomorrow has enough worry, and each day has enough trouble. So it's like trying to get our reassurance when we're asking all these questions and not having us stuck in the worry loop, I guess I would call it the worry loop. Um, you know, there's things will, things will uh, be um, covered or th this uh, weight is off your shoulders. So I think that's quite fascinating here. Cool. Anyone else? back to you know the foundation of um the the day that I accepted Christ and then from there on like my life you know has changed so now like all of my worries everything I just you know give it all to to God and he just takes care of it all and I just join him um in his plans um yeah and just just join him because now it's like it's like I'm not I'm not the driver of my of my life anymore. He is, um, and this week I was reading through like Timothy and um, this passage here reminded me of um, in Timothy three uh, fourteen. It said, "But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know." You can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Mm. So what you're saying about, like, this is, you know, like, Jesus speaking, um, so again, like not worrying, ca casting it all to Him, um, and this book being like our manual of how we should live, um, and be and I can be sure that everything I read in here was inspired by God because the Word of God says so, um, and I believe in that, and it's um, reliable. Um, yeah, and like the, the Holy Spirit just gets all of that put together and gives me peace to be able to follow these things that he's um, telling me to do of not worrying. Cool. Awesome. Go for it. I was saying uh, that we have to have faith in God, that he's going to be with us, that he will provide for us, and that if we seek his kingdom first, that's what that's the verse that stands out to me. And this is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added on to you. So like me, I'm not as biblically lit literate as I don't know the whole Bible. So a lot of times in life, I'll either have like a situation at work going on or I don't really know how to handle a situation. But by faith, I know that at least I know that God will be with me. Mm -hmm. So that's what really drives me throughout the day because I'm always thinking about him always trying to just not convict myself 
but listen to the convictions God had given me about the things that I'm thinking about, that I'm saying, that I'm doing. Like at work, uh, today I, fit, I missed a grease fitting on one of the forklifts, and I was like, man, that sucks. I was, then I was like, I'm not lifting that hook back up. I was like, it's just whatever. But then I was like, wait a second, I did get it. But that idea that I wasn't going to be honest and do the honest work convicted me. I was like, I'm sorry, God. Or... Just those little things, like, I don't understand all the time God's plan and, like, why certain things happen in my life. But I know that he's with me and that it's all going to be taken care of. So that's just, just having faith in him and seeking his righteousness, doing the right thing, even though you think, like, some people are like, oh, I didn't know that was the right thing to do. Like, he always had that little nudge in you and said, you know what the right thing is to do. You, we all have that, the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom to do the right thing, just whether or not gotta listen to it and have faith that that right thing is no matter even if it's hard or you might have doubt that it's hard you just gotta do it because in the end it's gonna pay off change um but i think this verse specifically has been very helpful to me and that i don't know what's going to happen i don't know what my future holds like i'm in between jobs i'm in between relationships and like i don't know what the outcome is but like i know that god has a plan for me and whatever he has coming is what we're going to roll with um and i know whatever that may be um might not be what I want or might not be what I had planned, but I know that it's the right thing ahead and I think that's kind of helped relieve some of my anxiety and that like I I can't control everything, so I'm just gonna put it in his hands and he'll do what he wants me to do. Mm -hmm. And what he has planned for me to do. That's awesome. Well said. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think thirty one to thirty four the whole thing that we read is is good, but thirty one to thirty four sticks out to me because I think God is calling like Jesus is talking about our tangible needs, right? Mm -hmm. Don't worry about these things. What do we eat? What do we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. So it's like, ooh if I'm praying about provision because I'm scared that he's not gonna provide, like that's that doesn't separate me from the world like that is what people who don't have Christ mm. worry about that's what people who don't know Jesus are concerned about and occupied with but because we have Jesus it says your heavenly father already knows like he knows those tangible needs and he's not whether you have them or not you have Jesus like he's speaking I think a lot to like the spiritual and that goes with 33, seek the kingdom of God. Like, you're not seeking provision. We're not seeking, like, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to seek him. We're called to seek his kingdom. And because we are, and as we do actively do that, everything else, the things that people that don't have Jesus are worried about, like, we don't have to worry about those things because whether we have them or not, we have God. Like, we have that relationship, and he's going to meet every need that we do have um and then 34 don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow brings its own worries like i think about borrowing 
baggage, like borrowing what I'm going to be worried mm. about for tomorrow, borrowing um, stress and anxiety that I don't need because I don't know what, like Kendra was saying, like, I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't know what I'm going to wake up to at work. Like, I might have an idea, but a monkey wrench could be thrown into the day and who knows, like, so why am I going to waste my time worrying about what I don't know and can't predict and can't see? Instead, let me spend my energy seeking the one who already has gone into tomorrow and knows what tomorrow looks like and just trust that whatever battles are going to be in tomorrow, he's already faced and he's facing with me. And I'm victorious because he's victorious because he's in me. Like that's, that's a lot of what I see in 31 and 34. And also as someone who loves to plan their life, being 28 years old, where I'm at now, was not what I pictured when I was 16. Wasn't what I pictured when I was 20. Like, my life hasn't turned out the way that I planned it to. And in a lot of ways, it's like, uh, you know, I'm sad. But in a lot of ways, I'm like, God, like, how amazing are you that I am where I am now and sitting here in this Bible study with people that I've met because you placed them in my life. How else would I have been introduced? Like, there's no, there's, that's kind of a bunny that I just went on but like it it all the plans and the purposes like it all comes together to create the picture that God wants for my life not necessarily the one I want but the one that I need and the one that I can come to desire because I'm aligning myself with his spirit and what he wants from for me okay I'm done that's awesome <laughs> so practical question for you guys I heard of few of you guys say who just shared, um, specifically Yana, I remember you said it, Kendra, I remember you said something very similar too of like, um, like letting God or, or, um, not, not quite just like, I don't worry about it, but, oh, I give it to God. You said like, I give it to God. How do you practically do that? And what does that look like? Anyone can answer, but I, I specifically remember you saying that. How do you let go and let God, right? That's something we hear often. Just let go and let God. It's like, cool. And, you know, it's not just tangibly just like, you know, dropping something. But how do you let go of worry? How do you let go of worry? How do you tell, how do you tell a, a homeless person to let go about worry about their shelter when they don't have anywhere to sleep that night? How do you tell a hungry person... Hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat next. God will provide when they haven't eaten in three days. Right? I'm not talking about that for us. But yeah. in either situation, how do you... How do you actually and practically do this? Do this? Yeah. What do you guys think? I don't have like a, a firm answer because I'm... I still, like, struggle with that every single day. Um, but, like, practically one thing I do, like, I tend to, like, snowball and spiral my anxious thoughts. And um, instead of just, like, using a distraction to stop that, I have replaced that time with spiraling with just praying or worshiping um, as, like, a practical, like, if I'm praying and talking to God, like, I can't sit here and be snowballing in my anxious thoughts. I can't be missed a panic attack if I'm praying with God um, and talking with God. 
and obviously that's a lot easier said than done, but um, that's something I've kind of gone through a little bit. Okay. Well, one thing that has helped me is um, is fasting. Uh, I've noticed that whenever I've fasted, whether it's for a week or just a couple days, um, I I don't know. It's like in a way naturally, but at the same time, like I really gotta push myself in throughout those days and have it in not just in the back of my mind, but like in the front of my mind, twenty four seven until I finish the fasting to like spend time reading God's word, spend time praying, spend time worshiping and continue to pray about what like I desire or what I want answered. But like in the beginning it'll start off with like a more demanding type of prayer. <laughs> hey God you you better answer this way. <laughs> um but then I noticed that as I go through it, the the demands turns into like, wow, I don't even remember what I was praying about anymore because my time with God has just been so good mm. that I want to stay in that presence forever. So then it's like he helps me to kind of forget about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, in his awesome timing, he like presents his awesome self and he's like, hey, here you go. I answer your prayer now. So fasting has definitely been, yeah, one of my things. It's hard to get there and be like, okay, I'm going to fast about this. <laughs> but when I do, it's good. Cool. So with your example with like the person that's hungry, because like, like, it says like the Bible is a double-edged sword. You shouldn't use the Bible to like cut down people. So you see a homeless person or someone that's just super hungry. I guarantee the best thing to say to them isn't to you as a Christian to go up to me like, "Hey man, just have faith. God will feed you." That's not something I think you should say to them. I mean, you should give that to them, but you're that person. You're literally a Christian, a child of God, He's sitting able. in front of them that is able. Because, like, I mean, I've been blessed my life. I just, I've never known to go hungry. I've never had that feeling. So if I come to face to face with a human being, a child of God, a creation of God, no matter what they've done in the past or in the future, you're there able to help them. Maybe you're the answer God is giving mm. to this person to feed them. Maybe he was praying ten minutes ago, and then you happen to, like, whoop, like a, an example. I was at the gas station the other day. There's all this. I don't even know if he was homeless. He was just kind of dirty looking. He was just sitting out. It was super, it was that super cold day. It was like 13 or 14 degrees outside. And normally I don't wear a jacket like outside because like I'm only in like I'm in and out. So I was like, I'll go run so I'll get and I'll go back in my car. And I ran inside the gas station because the card wasn't working on the thing. I said, go see cashier of the guy. <laughs> so I ran inside with this guy. And I was like, maybe that's why my Maybe cashier, I go see the cashier. I saw that guy, and I looked in there, I said, I looked in there, I was like, gosh, I was like, man. So I went there, got gas, and I came out, I was like, hey, do you want anything to eat? He's like, you can just go in there and buy whatever you want. I'll get it for you. And I was like, okay. Went, went out, guy, he was like, but hey, he asked me for a dollar. That's what it was. He asked me for a dollar. And I was like, 
don't know what this guy's gonna do with a dollar. I was like, it's a movie. It's, it's 2023, and I ain't buying nothing for a dollar. So my hair's with a tee. So I told him, I said, yeah, sure. I was like, I'll get you a dollar. I said, but real quick, I have, I said, I have to go get put gas in my car. I was like, it was freezing. So I was like, let me go out in my car real quick. So I sat, I got put, I sat there. And I was like, looking. I just had these, I had change. I thought I don't care cash. Give him four quarters. And I said, okay, I'll give you this dollar, but you're also gonna go in that gas station and get something to eat, whatever you want to eat. When I did it, my card declined because I had no more money in my account. Oh. So I just pulled out my credit card because I was like, whatever, I guess I can use a credit card. <laughs> but it's that I may not have had money then to even give this guy. He, I think he got peanut butter and jelly. But that's that faith you have to have. Not, mm. And that's where like that practical, that worry, like I don't have that much money, but at least I have a credit card. I can, mm. I'll, pay, I'll pay for it and I'll get paid in a week or I'll get paid. I, you know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Mm. <laughs> You're not homeless. Yeah. Like I always tell this like it's not the worst thing to do. It's the best thing to do. I do it. But like I think in worst case scenarios all the time. I tell I tell <laughs> I, I feel like like Haley, she has anxiety and if someone in here has anxiety, probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> but me, my whole life that's all I've ever done. Like the entirety of my ever since I was a child and everything. I just think in all the time worst case scenarios like, well, like at work. Like, if I mess up something, I'm like, huh, worst thing they do, they fire me. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I was like, because if I can come to terms with the worst thing ever, yeah. then I'm like, well, then anything I do now, if the worst thing is going to happen is that's that. That's bad. I mean, it's not, I can't be, it can't be any, if it's not this, and also I'd like to think if I can, if I'd say it, I can't have it because I can't predict the future. <laughs> <laughs> but either, that's like my process in giving my faith to God that, and not worrying because I'm like, Worst case, like, this is what happens. Do you know what Haley and I do for work? Huh? Do you know what Haley and I do for work? Well, that's what I'm saying. You guys can't do that. I'm saying, not the best idea. You guys think somebody just dies. We get sued, lose our license. That's what I'm saying. Like, I could. Alright, cool. I'm gonna keep moving here. I like it, though. I like it. It's very situational. I like it. Not for a nurse. No. Awesome, good stuff. We're gonna we're gonna keep moving on. I like it here. We might just have a, a whole day of just Garrick's thoughts because I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> we'll just we'll just give you the mic and we'll just let you talk, yeah, and we'll all be thoroughly entertained. That's not a good idea. It's like <laughs> it's like, and now it's time for well, song with Larry. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> And now it's time for genius thoughts. We're yeah, I think I'm so random. I think I've seen Haley after talking in the car for like some time. I, I mean, I told her that. And she was like, huh? I was like, yeah, no, don't follow Gary. Like, All right, scratch that. That's not a good idea. Cool. Um, the other thing that we first looked into was uh, hearing that still small voice. Um, we're not going to go into it. We'll just kind of hit on it. But um, in 1 Kings 19, um, you know, Elijah, just previously in the, in the, pre- in the prior chapter, he just had physical tangible proof that God exists and he's real and he's on his side and um, the the worshiper worshipers of, of Baal the false God um, you know try to say that hey our God Baal is real who is your God like he needs to prove himself and so you know the worshipers of Baal they they did their thing they worship they cut themselves they did offer sacrifices to say oh Baal Consume this fire, consume this wood, the sacrifice, and nothing happened. And Elijah mocked him and was like, hey, maybe he's sleeping, say it louder. He's um, pooping. Maybe he's relieving himself, he said. 
And then and then and then and then Elijah and then Elijah says, "Okay, douse douse my sacrifice in water. Douse it again. But just flood my sacrifice. It was just drowning in water." And he said, "God consumed this fire." And God consumed God consumed the sacrifice. And then he just had this physical, tangible, mountaintop experience with God. And then the Queen of Sheba is like kill that guy Elijah and Elijah's like oh crap and he starts fleeing and he just he just proved to himself and to everyone around him that God is on his side and that God is real and then one person comes and is like hey I'm gonna kill this guy and he flees and in that experience while he's he he fled there was an earthquake and um and uh what else fire and, but God's voice wasn't in those things. And then there's a still small voice where, where God spoke to Elijah. And I think a lot of times we were looking for God to speak to us in this grand way. To say, God, prove yourself. God, tell me what to do. Should I do A or should I do B? Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I not? Should I? Or just even say anything. God, speak. I can't hear you. And God doesn't always come in those grand ways. We had a video, and I'll I'll share. I'm gonna share this whole document um, on the messenger chat as well um, to message you guys so that you guys can you know click on these links. Otherwise, feel free you can type in those links. Um, but we, we watched this little clip. We watched this little um, short little video, little five-minute video called Listen to the Voice. If you just Google that, Listen to the Voice video, you'll find it. This pilot of a very small, like, two-passenger plane um, offered um, another guy in the airport, hey, I can, I can fly you. I have a plane. And the guy eventually says, okay, sure, I'll go with you. Um, they start going up, and the pilot passes out. And uh, this guy now has to take control. And he gets the radio and he says, Mayday, Mayday, pilot passed out. And um, you know, air traffic con control comes on the other side and says, you need to listen to my voice and do exactly as I say. There's a mountain coming up that you're going to hit in three minutes. If you don't do exactly as I am say, you're going to crash into it and die. And he guides him through it. You know, telling him what to do, how to control this plane that he's never flown before in his life. And the guy is listening, and he lands successfully. And then after he lands, the pilot wakes back up, comes back to him. And then later the next day, um, as the, the guy who then flew the plane was at his hotel room, the guy came knocked on his door and said, Hey, I'm the, I'm the guy who was on the other end of the radio. Thank you for listening to my voice. A lot of people, it's happened before... They don't listen to my voice and they die. They crash and they die. Thank you for listening to my voice. Very powerful video. If you weren't here for it or if you want to see it again, um, just click on that link, type it in. I'll send, the, send it out. But through that, and then I believe that same day we had a live demonstration here with Yana and Jackie. Uh, Yana was the guiding voice and Jackie was the blindfolded person. And... Um, I told Jackie that there were a bunch of obstacles that she had to go about. And I pulled out some very real kitchen knives and let her hear the clean, clean, clean of it. And told her that I'm putting them here on the floor for her to step on. 
um, and that Yana will have to guide her through as Jackie's blindfolded. And there were certain areas that she had to go on and certain areas that she had to avoid from danger. I didn't actually put the knives out. <laughs> but Jackie didn't know that <laughs> as she was blindfolded. Um, but we kind of did it in, in different scenarios. We did it of Yana blindly, or as Jackie is blindfolded, Yana guided Jackie through. And everyone observed that she was, she was, she was able to follow instructions pretty well, and she, she knew Yana pretty well, so she was pretty confident in following her instructions that she wasn't going to intentionally lead her into any harm. And then we had her do it again, but with everyone else giving false directions. And everyone else, very loud. very loud, very loud, very real, many false directions, <laughs> which are the other voices that we hear in everyday life, right? We, we got God's voice. And then we've got everyone else saying, go left, stop, go right, jump, stop. And it was a lot harder for Jackie to, to tune in. She had to take a lot more thought and attention to tune everything else out and to tune in to Yana's voice. But she was able to do it because she was familiar with Yana's voice. If I had asked you know, a random person to come off the street and for Jackie to follow that voice, I think it would have been a lot harder because she wasn't she wouldn't be familiar with that voice. You'd be trying to be thinking like, wait, what does this person's voice sound like? I don't know. Right? And that it's important to know what God's voice sounds like. Right? Even the sheep, they know the voice of their shepherd. And sheep are stupid. <laughs> we look at how stupid sheep are. I mean, I am. But in some ways. We looked at even, even sheep who need to be told and guided to sit down and drink this water, that they can recognize their shepherd's voice from a different person's voice. And that we need to be able to discern and to know what God's voice sounds like to be able to follow his directions. If we're trying to hear what he says, but we don't know what he sounds like, it's going to be difficult. And I'm not talking about the audible, what does God audibly sound like? But if we're hearing someone say, um, you know, if we're hearing maybe that still small voice or we're, we're feeling that, that, that rhema, that word of God, you know, that, that pressing on our heart of, hey, you know, you should, um, you should just walk past that guy at the gas station because he'll be fine. He doesn't need any help. It's like, does, is that what God sounds like? Or does God sound like help those who are in need? Does he sound like clothe those who need clothing, feed those who are hungry? Right? If you have that, if you know what God's voice sounds like, you can, you can hear him. And you can obey him. We went into what to do when you don't know what to do. Right? We've got lots of different things here. Taking peace and comfort in God. Remaining rooted in Christ and meditating on God's word. I want to look at remaining rooted in Christ. Um, I'm going to go to John 15.5. Since we had read through John previously as a group. It should be a little more familiar. John 15, 5. One verse. Anybody want to take it? I can read it. Go for it. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Awesome. And so what does that mean? First, what is he saying? That he is a vine and that we are the branches. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, that's that's true. That's what he, that's what he said. That is, you're right. That's what he said. There's branches on a tree. You answer. Vine wraps around the branch. I I am not being. Hey, I hey, I like to I like to take this into layers, right? This whole experience of what we've been doing is is zooming in, is going deep, right? You can't zoom in if you don't already start from a further out point. Yes, that's what Jesus said. Remain in me. Mm-hmm. I'm the vine. You got, and you're the branches. Right? Remain in me, and I in them, and you'll produce fruit. If you're apart from me, you won't produce fruit. So what does that mean? So I was talking to Haley earlier today on the ride here. I was saying that I was like recently I've been really convicted about the commandments of Jesus. I mean, I, I even right now I probably couldn't tell you all ten commandments. Maybe if I sat here and actually thought about it, I could. Like, even, like, the further into it, like, anger. Like, I told my mom the other day, I said, do you know anger's a sin? She's like, anger's not a sin. I was like, yeah, it is. Jesus says it in the Beatitudes. I was like, or the same sermon on the mount. Because anger is just as bad as murder. And a man looking at a woman in a lustful way or a woman looking at a man in a lustful way is just as bad as adultery. She was like, no, that's not true. And then I read out a verse. I said, these are the commandments that he had more elaborated on the Ten Commandments than it. He didn't come to destroy the word. He came to build it, or to add, or not, not to just add to it, but to elaborate further into what it is. And I feel like that's kind of what he's, maybe Jesus is trying to get at right there. He's saying that if you abide in me or that you take, that when you, when you are listening to his commands, like his commandment of love, to love others, when you, when you do these things, it will be easier to hear God's word when you know them. If you're always in the Word of God, and you always know what Jesus has said for like 100% truth, that you know that He says to love one another, never to be angry with one another, don't keep records of wrongs because someone punched you in the face last year, so don't get, don't hold it in your heart. Because if you do, then you're not. It's going to be very hard for you to hear God's word when He tells you, "Hey, go help that person." Hey, don't help that person. Or you know what I mean? It's. I think that's what He's just trying to say here. Yeah. So how do you remain in him? What does that look like practically? Just putting him at the center of attention or the center of um, your day-to-day or making sure that he's a priority and not um, like put on the back burner or put in the rear view or something. Put It's more like uh, you know, he, he has to something that you make sure you don't neglect or don't discard or don't um, not do. I think kind of like an open-ended thing, kind of like I've said before, this goal this year is to be more focused and be more in-depth to reading, which I've been um, working well on. And it's fascinating to actually go back into previous, you know, um, Old Testament and New Testament um, books and actually, like, oh, hey, I remember this sermon, hearing this actually in depth, and I'm like, wow, now I can go back and say, hey, I remember that. Or maybe I didn't catch this the first time, now I'm catching it again, and I'm like, you know, this is, uh, it, it fascinates me. So that's the cool part of the whole thing. Cool. Anyone else? How do you practically remain in him? Um, just kind of piggybacking from what Eric was saying of, like, 
like the whole Beatitudes thing and, you know, and then today I was rereading Philippians and <laughs> there's this whole section of like, that's titled, Have the Attitude of Christ. And then from there, it, talk, it talks about how like, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. So it's like, we, again, it's that whole like following, being in, in his word. If we, if we are reading this, not just as a book, but you know, as that live word, we are gonna have these attitudes of Christ. We're gonna be humbling ourselves like he did. We're gonna, you know, be helping other people like Eric did and God did too. <laughs> It um, wasn't me that did that. It was definitely God. That like, was not me. That God taught him to yes. do it because Garrett chose to read this, to read the Bible, and you know, as our life manual of like, hey, you need to help people, and we'll just like learn how to love on other people, and yeah, it's like it's so beautiful, <laughs> um, and then. Also here in uh, Philippians 2, 16, it says, Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. I think this really summarizes that of like, you know, us abiding in, in him through the word and learning, applying it into our lives of helping other people, humbling ourselves like he did, having his attitude, being more and more like him every day because we are holding on firmly to like, to this. And when we get to that judgment day of, oh, what a beautiful day it's gonna be to see him in, in person. He's, we're, we're gonna have like ran that good race in this earthly life we are temporarily here. Awesome. Cool. Um, in Joshua 1, it, it speaks about, um, you know, meditating on God's word, about thinking about it day and night, you know, about, um, I believe it's there, and then also in, like, Deuteronomy, it's talking about, like, post it on your doorpost, like, write it on your head, write it on your forehead, like, put it everywhere, like, always be thinking about and remind yourself about god's word and that's just it's a very practical way and i remember i don't remember who said but i remember someone speaking about you know putting it on your forehead isn't for you it's for other people so that they can be reminded of it too um doesn't mean you literally need to you know write it on your forehead but like practically take it everywhere with you take it to work take it to school take it to your friend's house take it home take it everywhere um always be thinking about his word that's how you remain in him the words that we sing have power the mm -hmm. words that we sing are helpful for our souls but they bring a pleasing aroma to god like it is something that we do as a gift and it can be sacrificial too pastor andrew talks about bringing it as a sacrifice of praise sometimes when you really don't feel like worshiping but you know god 
finds <clears throat> joy and takes delight in it and is glorified through it. So you know what, God, like I don't feel like it. I don't feel near to you, but I'm going to choose to sit here and just sing and just listen to listen to the music I know that pleases you, but I'm going to, and you know, it can turn into singing your own song, whatever those words are. It's, it's where you come at piggyback on off of what Yana was talking about, like the this attitude of humility, humbling yourself to even admit that you need him. Humbling yourself to be like, God, like I need you today. Like I can't go the next, you know, minute without knowing that you're near. I can't go my life without knowing that it's for you. That I get the privilege of like walking out the purposes that you planned for me a long time ago to do I get to do that like how amazing is it that I get to partner with you in this life that I have to do work that you have for me like that's incredible that you would gift me with that gift so it's it's finding that coming to that place where it's like I like I know that I need you and I, I need you like you're you know I'm yours you're mine like that's that's this remain for me like that's what i see when it says remain in me it's like okay i need you like acknowledging that i screw my own life up nine times out of ten <laughs> in different ways but with you i'm my future is secure my foundation is secure um yeah cool we went into distractions Things that are stopping us. We looked at distractions, doubt. Uh, we went through some other things too, but those are the main ones. Um, in Luke 10.38, we have Martha and Mary. Jesus just came to their house, their sisters, and Mary is there sitting at the feet of Jesus, wiping Jesus' dirty feet with her tears and her hair. And Martha's in the kitchen trying to get a meal ready. And Martha says to Jesus, like, hey, tell my sister to help me. And Jesus is like, Martha, you're worried about all the wrong things. Your sister is worried about the right things. Be like Mary. And it's just, that is Jesus telling us. That, that's exactly what he just said in, um, don't worry about anything. Uh... Matthew 6, right? Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. He, Jesus is practically telling Martha, don't worry about this meal. Be like your sister. Sit at my feet because I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to tangibly, physically, in this flesh, be here. She's, she's worried about the right things. You're not. And yes, food's important. Drinking's important. You know, we need to be nourished, but he's saying before food and drink, focus on me and getting distracted by good things isn't a good thing, even though they're good things, right? You know, if, if you're only, mm, change of thought, where am I going with that? We all get busy. I'm sure no one here is probably just like, yeah, I don't have enough going on in my life. I need more things. Let me know. If, <laughs> let me know if you have something that I want to get involved with. Like, probably not many of us, if any of us. 
Um, you know, I've definitely been at several points throughout the years of I got involved in too many good things, too many youth groups at the same time, like too many volunteer situations, school, work, this, extracurricular things, youth groups, activities. It's like they're all great things, but it distracted me because I had no time, no energy left to just me and God to just have that one-on-one time with him anymore. Doubt. Gideon is a great example of doubt. He asked for multiple examples, um, signs, like, oh, okay, if, if, if you're really from God, do this. All right, God, if you're really telling me to do this, then uh, you know, make everything else wet and keep this dry. Okay, God, hmm, this time, uh, make everything dry and this wet. Um, and then, you know, he, doubt is, is a big distraction from, from us hearing from God because... We might be already hearing him, and then we're saying, is this really you, God? And it's like, you just heard him. Why are you doubting it? If you know what his voice sounds like, you shouldn't be doubting it. Now, in Matthew 28, 16 through 20, the, the 11 disciples, they doubted. They were confused that Jesus just came back because they're like, wait a second. This is Jesus? Didn't he just like die? Like, wait, what's going on? Uh, actually, let's go there real quick. Matthew 28. Yeah, this is, this is right after, um, you know, the death, the burial, and now the, the resurrection of Jesus in Matthew 28. And we have uh, in verse 16 through 20, this is the very last part of Matthew. So we got 11 disciples left um, after Judas had um, hung himself for betraying Jesus. So 11 disciples left. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. They doubted. Verse 17. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Even though some of them doubted. Even in your doubts, even in your confusions, even in your uncertainties, even in your I don't knows, continue to worship. As I lay by our hospital bed, I think was one of those lines. So I worship, or yeah, I worship something like that. Um, you know, as she finally rested her head or whatever. You're worthy. You're worth. Thank you. You're worthy. Like, because the worship isn't for us. It blesses us. That's the outflow, right? We are, we're blessed by it, but the worship is for Him. It's for His glory. And so keeping that in the front of our mind of like, what I'm doing isn't for me. I, in that moment, don't matter because it's for him. And because he loves me, I matter to him. Like it's, 
it's a retooling of our mindset to be like, I don't matter, but I matter because God says that I matter. God died for me. You know, that starting with him first and then being blessed on the back end because of it. Like, yeah. No, it's fine. Is it like understanding that, that it asks a question? Is it like understanding that you're not the main character? You're still a character in the story. Right. You're very, you're like a very, oh, I'm trying to think, I don't even know the special word, whatever. You're like a character in the story, but you're not the main right. character of the bigger story. Yeah. Like Jesus is that main character. We are just other characters. We're very important still, mm-hmm. but we're not that main character. Yeah, we're still NPCs. Exactly. Cool NPCs. <laughs> cool. <laughs> We looked at questions from God. We looked at comparing in Genesis with Adam and Eve right after they just ate the, the fruit that they were told not to eat. Jesus asked them, where are you? Asking, not physically, hey, where did they go? I can't, I can't find them. Like They're not playing hide and seek and you couldn't find them. But he's saying, like, where are you? Where are you at? Where is your heart? Where is your heart positioned at? I told you not to do this and you did it. What's going on? And Adam and Eve physically, tangibly walked with God and they tried to hide and it didn't really work out for them. And we have this promise in Jeremiah 29, 13. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you might find me. It's a promise. Fake news. There we go. Sorry, I was going to I was just... I was just, I was just waiting to see if anybody would correct me. I was giving you a moment me. to have yeah, your dramatic like, pause. Zach didn't say it, I was going to say it. It's one of those I figure someone else will, so I don't have moments. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And it also doesn't say, if you look for me, you will find me. It says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. At least like in NIV for 13, it's like, you will see... You will seek me and find me when you see me with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So all could be like that word that's all bold, your heart, bolded, italicized, underlined, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But um, the different translations have it different, but still it, it all yeah. cycles back. So. And then we have comparing who, uh, where are you with Adam and Eve to where were you when Job was questioning. God, you know, he started out pretty strong when, when his entire life just turned upside down. He lost everything, all, all just like in the, in, just like that. He lost his, all his, um, his children, his possessions, his flocks, his herds, his, his everything. And, and then, you know, through Job's experience with his friends and everything, then Job eventually starts to question God, why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? I would rather have never been born than to go through these things. And then God just lists out a plethora of questions in Job 38. I feel like I've always been looking for an excuse to use the word plethora. And it's mm. never come until just now, naturally. <laughs> there you go. He just listed out a plethora of questions to Job. <laughs> including nicely. basically all boiling down to where were you? You're questioning why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Okay, Job, tell me, where were you when I laid out the foundations of the earth? Where were you when I told the sun where to stay? Where were you when I told 
the winds where to go. Where were you when I made everything? Oh, right. You weren't there. I was there. I have a plan. I know what I'm doing. And that transitions so perfectly into Habakkuk. Habakkuk starts, that's on the back of the page, Habakkuk asking in chapter 1, How long, O Lord? How long is all this evil going to happen? Aren't you going to do something about it? Don't you see what's going on? And in chapter 2, God's like, Hey, yeah, you know, I do see what's going on here. I do have a plan. And um, the plan is actually for this evil nation, your enemy, to come and conquer you. And that's my plan. Um, and Habakkuk is like, um, I don't like that plan. Why are you going to do that? I don't like it. I don't think you should do it that way. And, and we have a very similar experience. Um, he has a, a similar experience to Job. Kind of like, hey, you know, like, my ways are better than your ways. Well, you don't see, like, I've got this whole plan. Like, yeah, this evil nation will come and conquer you, but I've got a plan for them too. Don't worry. Like, I've, I've got this all taken care of. I've thought it all the way through. And Habakkuk kind of concludes with, all right, God, I trust in you. I believe in you. You've done it before. Do it again. He references past displays of God's power and wrath saying, God, you, it wasn't out of anger that you split the sea. You weren't angry at the ocean. That, that's not why you parted it. No, that was for your salvation. You, you parted the sea to save your people. And you stopped the sun in the sky and the moon in the sky so that, so that Joshua can have victory. You weren't mad at the sun. You had a plan all along. This was all for your purpose. And it kind of comes to conclude that joy is not contingent on circumstances, but on the unchanging character of God. We looked at uh, this quote from Tim Keller. God gives you what you would have asked for if you knew everything he knows. And we looked at this little video from Jonathan Ev from a Jonathan Evans eulogy of him speaking about his mother who just passed away. Um, this line basically saying, God... All these people, you had a nationwide, you had a, a worldwide stage to come through and answer this prayer that all these people were praying for to heal my mother and you didn't do it. You could have received some major glory and gratification and people to see that you're real and you're God. And, and God spoke to Jonathan Evans here saying, you don't understand the nature of my victory. Just because I didn't answer your prayer your way doesn't mean I haven't already answered your prayer anyway. And I like that Jonathan Evans, right at the very end of his, his little eulogy, says, and still speaking like oh, from what he heard from God, like, and P.S., don't tell me how to get my glory. It's like, I know how to get my glory. I don't need you to tell me how to get glory because I have a bigger plan. I did like that video. You showed that video. It was pretty good. What are your guys' thoughts? What are you hearing from God? What has these past few months spoken to you? What has God spoken to you? Or are you more confused now than you were before? Which is perfectly acceptable. I have a question. I just started thinking about it when you were talking about it. But um, does anybody here, are you the type of person that asks questions when a movie is playing? About what's going to happen later in the movie? I'm just out loud? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna. I'm sorry. You're going under the bus. <laughs> I was trying to. That's fine. Go for it. Possible. Uh, I feel like a lot of moms are like this. I feel like a lot of our moms 
are probably like this, uh, where they're like, well, what, what's, what's the man doing? Well, what's gonna, what's gonna happen? Wait, where, what's happening to the puppy? Like, and, and just having these, these, this dialogue out loud. And um, I feel like what he's saying here, in, in certain parts, is don't be that person who's watching the movie asking the questions. Let things unfold. I got it in the bag. Don't worry about it. Pretty good. That's just a little analogy. That's, that's good. I like that. That's funny. I'm not saying don't be that person in real life when it comes to movies. Although, <laughs> maybe my preference doesn't fit everybody else's. Cool. I like it. Basically, trusting that God has a plan. You don't need to. As long as it all boils down, you don't need to worry about it. God's got it. Yeah, trusting that he wrote a pretty good movie. It, it all ties in together. I mean, it's all about hearing from God. <laughs> if if you're not worried about tomorrow, if you're um, believing that God has in control, you know, right? If only Habakkuk and Job, they had, they don't have all that we have. We have so much of God's word that all these great heroes of faith and, and other people throughout the Bible don't have. Now, I'm sure if, if Habakkuk had Job's story and, and Job had Habakkuk's story and they both had uh, Jesus's words that are written down in Matthew of don't worry about anything instead like pray about everything and and hey I've got this all in control don't worry about hey I, I take care of the sparrows I love you even more than the sparrows like if they had all that I don't know how much even greater they could have or would have been but we are so much more equipped than all these people with with God's tangible words speaking to us the same thing because he's the same God what else? I have a question. Yeah. You just talk you talking about that like when they didn't have they didn't have this Bible. They didn't have like Habakkuk didn't know Habakkuk before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like that wasn't a thing. Or Habakkuk didn't know who the name of Jesus, he didn't know who Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John mm-hmm. were. He didn't know about the Church of Corinth. He didn't know all about the New Testament. But my question is did they have the Holy Spirit then? Or was that only after Jesus Christ was crucified, died, and resurrected? Then he sent out because the Holy Spirit is what gives us our wisdom, our understanding. Of, it helps. It's like a, like a well, not a buffer, but like a. Uh, I don't know how to describe it any other than like a. Like 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 a like a router, like a Wi-Fi router. <laughs> like the internet from a satellite that hits to our router, then to our phone. Our phone is us. The satellite is God. And the router is the Holy Spirit. How, he, how the Holy Spirit comes onto us to therefore like give us the wisdom of the Lord, and he like that he it dwells within us. But did that same Holy Spirit, in retrospect, also dwell within Habakkuk and all the other heroes of faith before Jesus? Because like then it'll be even like to me it'd be like they were really shooting in the dark then, because I don't even know what I'd do without the Holy Spirit, with, like understanding God's word. And trying to give that to other people. That's my I, I just don't know if that's a thing in the body because I haven't read it all. I don't know if that's a thing. About if, if these people, if those people have the Holy Spirit? Detailed question, yes. Did they have that's the Holy a, Spirit on that time? Go for it. I think the Bible one, the Bible talks about, well, it talks about the, the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God visited people. Mm-hmm. It never talks about him ab, ha, inhabiting people. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yes, yes. English. It's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when Same. Jesus is coming, is going up, he says, you know, I'm going to send the one. So if, if he was inside of us, 
we wouldn't need the holy of holies in the temple that one mm. person would go in we wouldn't need they they mm. had like all these strategies to hear from god they would draw luck they would do all these things and um because they didn't have the holy spirit in them the veil being torn when jesus died jesus that died. was okay. the symbolism of like now we're changing the system now the system okay. is not like i'm gonna fill you up i'm gonna send one prophet i'm gonna send these people who will go on top of the mountain bring like a tablet no 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 he is the tablet he is the prophet he's everything okay. and now he's in you okay. so that's why now we live by faith because we don't trust on the tablet anymore we don't trust on the draw of the luck we don't trust on that one person telling you you know exactly where to walk, exactly what to do. You know to part the sea in front of you. No, he is inside of us. But also, we need to believe that yes. because we no longer have those things to see. Mm. Okay, I made that. Thank you. Oh, that. that was, that was like, pretty good. That, that answered, was good enough. 100%. I think that answered the question and kind of answered. Uh, that was that was really yeah. <laughs> I like Because the reason why I had that question was because I heard that when Jesus died, that because it says like. In the end, all like the lesser dead and the lower dead will be entered in the kingdom first. And that also talks about the people that were before Jesus will also be inherited with Jesus. Like it wasn't like Jesus died for whoever died, whoever comes after Jesus is the only people that Jesus saved. Jesus saved everyone before, he saved everyone after. So that's where I, that's where that question I was like, well then I was saying the Holy Spirit was with them before. But that right there answered it one hundred percent clearly, clear as day. Thank you. Cool. Weren't people that died before Christ came back, they went to like a waiting room? You know, like Abraham's bosom? There's a whole... There's <laughs> a whole you all talk about that. You guys yeah. hear about that? That has caused endless church splits. <laughs> Let's just move past right it. Let's now. gloss over that. I don't know if we can get into that right now. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a heavy topic I've for... Had, I've had long conversations with my dad about that for I, I, I do have something I can hit on that, but we'll go into that after, after we finish here. Um, any final thoughts? I do want to wrap it up, but if anybody has anything, I want to still leave it open if anyone. Um, Derek, when you go home tonight, if you want, uh, and I was just reading about this today, if you go in Galatians 3 um, and read all of 3, basically, it talks about that law and faith. Um, in Christ, uh, it's a good a good um, comparison there, and it talks about Abraham and how his laws and everything. It, it's a really good explanation there too. If you just want to like have a also like a biblical thing of literally what Anna said. Yes, all yeah. of Galatians. Um, no, just Galatians chapter three. Yeah, that that section talks about that law and faith thing. I think I, I just have two final thoughts. Uh, but in speaking about Rhema, like the word for your current situation, I think there are two there are two things that stick out to me that I feel God has pressed on my heart um, in these last couple of months. Um, one just today, but this uh, this idea of you are mine first, like whatever else is going on, whoever else is in my life, friends, family, relationship, whatever it is, I belong to God first. I'm His first. And I'm like, okay, what does that entail? Like, everything else that comes from it. And I know it's in here, because, like, 
dig dig into that like your mind first what does that mean to you what does that change like that's that's one thing um but also i was just something super silly but this is how yeah. i feel like god just shows up in the very ordinary moments of your day but i was cleaning out a um a dish and originally like me jackie i'll let it sit on my desk and i'll be like okay i'll get to that and then i'll probably forget about it and then it'll be there the next day and i'm like okay i get to that forget about it and so then i'm just like going to like i really need to clean that and then i do it but today it was on my desk at work and i was like thought in my head is like one small moment if I changed one small thing and got up and took that dish to the sink right now and cleaned it and brought it back it's clean I don't have to worry about it one small moment and I just in that I'm thinking that in my head and I just felt like I was like I want your life start with your moments mm. like give me mm. your moments we have however how many moments in a day like I think I I'm guilty of like <clears throat> getting so focused about like God I want you to have my life have my life like get and their song is have my life like and he wants it like he wants our lives because it's gonna be better with him it's gonna be more beautiful more everything with him if we can do that but maybe I can't start with have my life maybe I have to start with God have my first five minutes God have my first hour of my day. God have have this, you know, ten seconds that I have with you just to be like, God, like I need you. Start with my moments. Give me your moments. And what do our moments turn into? Our moments turn into our lives. Like the more that we can give those moments, like if I can practice God giving you my moments, I've started dedicating my workouts to God. I don't do it perfectly all the time, but like before I do it, I pray. I'm like God, like. Thank you for giving me the body that I have to move in the way that I do. May it be a blessing today. Like mm -hmm. may may my activity mm -hmm. glorify you as you glorify my body because I'm able. Thank you. You know, and I'm trying to remember to pray those things. But if I can do that, if I can give God my moments, I'm giving him my life. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was wow. that was really big for me today. I was like, okay, God, like I want to practice giving you my moments. I'm not going to I'm not even going to think about my life. <laughs> which is funny to say, but I'm like, I'm just going to think about the next five minutes, mm. which goes back to Matthew who talked about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, don't worry. worry. Right? Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. It doesn't matter. It hasn't happened yet. Give me your next five minutes. Like that was, that was for me today. Like I feel like that was the rainbow. That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. So I want to end with, um, a, a final thought, um, and then I'm going to just share, like, for two minutes about um, the next kind of uh, series, kind of where, where this will be going from here. Um, but I want to end this with um, just a little reflection time. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna play a song. This song has been... Um, yeah, feel free to get comfortable. Feel free to, you know, you can lay down on the floor. Um... Feel free to lay down on the floor. Feel free to um, get comfortable, whatever. Um, I, I've, I've been hearing this song a lot lately. I, I put it on repeat a lot myself. Um, and and then I heard it in church yesterday again. And then I was thinking about this song today. And then right as I'm thinking about it, it was the next song that came on the radio. 
Um, and so I felt like, okay, God, like I was, I was thinking about, you know, sharing this with the group anyway. And I can't get this thing to, I think I keep turning it off right as I'm trying to connect. That should be on. Oh, I didn't hit Bluetooth. That's why. Bluetooth. Bluetooth. I love things that have like voice connected. It's my favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> a, a lot of you guys may have already, um, may have heard this song before. It's by Elevation Worship. It's, it's called Same God. Um, I, I, I want you guys to um, just really listen to the, the lyrics. Listen to the words. Um, and, and I want you to think about Habakkuk. Um, and, and what we read, um, he, he essentially, Habakkuk was saying in chapter 3, um, you know, he's, he's sharing about, like, um, you know, referencing past displays of God's power and wrath. Of God, you've done this before. Would you please do it again? God, you you split the sea for your salvation. Would you do it again? God, you stopped the sun and the moon for salvation. Would you do it again? God, I need you. We need you as a nation. You've done it before. Do it again. And he is essentially saying, God, you are the same God. You've done it before. Won't you do it again? You're the same yesterday, today, and forever do it again. So I'm going to play this song. Um, I'm going to turn um, one side of the lights out. Uh, but feel free, you can close your eyes, you can lay down on the floor, you can worship, you can do whatever. Um, but it's just a few minutes long. Um, and we're running a little later for this section than usual, but I feel like this is a really great great way to kind of end on, on reflection. Um, just really listen and tune into the words. And even more than just the words, Listen and try to tune in for hearing to God.
Thank you that you are the same God, that you don't change, that you can be the rock that we can stand on and know that we are on firm ground. God, we thank you so much for, for what you have given us, for giving us your word, your living, breathing word, for giving us your son who died on the cross to save us personally, that if we were the only one on earth, that he would still say, I choose to die for you. Thank you that you're the same God who chose to free your people, who chose to send a second chance, and a third chance, and a fourth chance, and a fifth chance, and countless chances again, that you are the same God who still gives us endless chances today. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit so that we don't have to go to someone else to pray on our behalf, but that we can come directly to you. Thank you that you love us so much.
thank you for this amazing group of people who who choose to spend their Monday nights reading about you and digging into your word together. Thank you for being the same God who spoke to Habakkuk, who spoke to Job, who spoke to Adam and Eve, who spoke to Moses, who split the Red Sea, who brought Jesus back to life from the dead, and that you speak to us still today in 2023 through lots of different ways, but you're still speaking. Lord, help us to tune in and to hear your word. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I'm going to just speak for um, just a quick minute about kind of where we're going to go from here. Um, um, and praying about it, and kind of looking at it like, okay, I wasn't really sure where to go from here, to be honest. Um, and um, I feel like God was, God put it directly in front of my face and said, you know, in John, in the book of John, uh, a big, big, big theme in John it was Jesus asking everyone, um, who do you say I am? Right? Through to um, to the Pharisees, to the priests, to the believers, to the unbelievers, to the disciples, to everyone, Jesus was saying, Who do you say I am? And it was a it was a direct question to each person saying, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Because who you say I am is who I am to you. And then we have hearing from God, all these different ways to go about how to hear what he's saying. Um, so what we're going to be going into is the reverse of the first question. Who does Jesus say that we are? So it's going to be going into um, some, some identity and um, just some truth. Just some truth because we get told a lot of things about who we are and, and we tell ourselves a lot about who who we think we are, right? You know, we, we don't cut ourselves some slack sometimes. Like, oh man, I'm such a failure. Oh, I couldn't even do this. Oh man, I messed this up. But God doesn't call us a failure. Um, so we're going to be looking at um, who does he say that we are? Um, so that'll be kind of the next the next chunk of time of who am I? And we'll be going into that together and it'll be great. I'm excited how we can all hear from God in that and together. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time in God's premises with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.